my brother is a cruel monster. One time he asked me if I wanted to buy his camera for $100. I said, sure, because I knew the camera was worth much more. But when he gave it to me, it didn't turn on. I asked, is the battery empty? And he laughed saying, no, but you dumb little girl just spent $100 on a broken camera. And that was nothing compared to what he did when my parents weren't home. He would force me to clean his room. And if I refused, he would twist my arm until I gave in. I hated my life until I made my first friend in school. Her name was Amy, and she often came by my home to talk about boys and stuff. Around that time, my brother suddenly started treating me well. One morning, he brought breakfast to my bed saying, I've realized I was a terrible brother, and I hope you will accept my apology. And on my birthday, he gave me super expensive wireless AirPods. I was really impressed and believed that he had changed after all. But then he told me, I think I have a crush on your friend Amy. Can you get me on a date with her? I responded, what? Is that why you were so nice to me recently? You want to sleep with my best friend? No, that has nothing to do with it. I just really like her, and maybe I could even become her boyfriend. Well, I believed him for some reason and invited Amy over to play Monopoly. She had no idea that my brother would join us, but once they met, they got along well. My brother played the band Nirvana on his phone, and Amy said, Oh my god, that's my favorite band. He responded, Really? Mine too. What? Did my brother stalk Amy? She had an Instagram photo with a Nirvana fan shirt. I hoped he wasn't manipulating her. At one point, he even asked, Have you ever had a boyfriend? Amy blushing, saying, No, not yet. And my brother responded, Yeah, me neither. Huh? I knew my brother had had a girlfriend before. She broke up with him after she found out he wasn't loyal. I said, But you were dating Samantha, weren't you? Oh, but that wasn't a real relationship. Well, I thought it was best for me to leave and let them play along. But when I went to the bathroom the next morning, I saw Amy brushing her teeth. I said, you didn't go home last night? Oh, yeah. I slept in your brother's bed. But don't worry, nothing happened. She had hickeys all over her neck. I was surprised they had gone from zero to a hundred in one night. On the school bus, Amy told me, I think your brother and I are meant for each other. He's so gentle and kind. Well, I guess she didn't know my brother's dark side yet. When I got home, I told him, promise me to not hurt Amy. I expected him to say, of course. But instead, he smirked saying, she's already mine. I do with her whatever I want. Wah, had he only pretended to love her? I immediately called Amy saying, break up with my brother. He doesn't care one bit about you. But she responded, I think you're just jealous that I have a boyfriend and you don't. I'm disappointed that you don't care about my happiness. I didn't argue any further. She was acting like a baby. But when summer break started, Amy went on vacation to Europe. So I was surprised to see my brother came home drunk one night with lipstick on his face. I said, cheating on Amy? And he responded, don't annoy me, you dumb girl. Get out of my way. But I pulled out my phone and took a photo saying, if Amy sees the lipstick on your face, she might realize that you're nothing but a jerk. That's when my brother snatched the phone away and twisted my arm until I gave him the pin so he could delete the photo. But he didn't know it was already uploaded to my iCloud. I sent the photo to Amy and wrote, I just found my brother cheating on you. Dump him. Apparently, the news really broke her heart. She took the first flight home just so she could talk to my brother in person. I guess she hoped he would apologize and say he'd made a mistake. But instead, he told her to go away again. 
Apparently watching cartoons was more important to him. Afterward, I tried to take care of Amy for weeks, but she only turned more and more crazy, saying, I'm going to be with as many guys as possible to take revenge on your brother. I responded, that doesn't even make sense. But she kept going to parties every single night until she got together with Baxter. He was a caricature of an asshole and treated her so badly that she started having anxiety attacks and stopped coming to school. I went to my brother and said, you bastard, you broke my best friend. Whoa, relax. I broke her heart. It's no big deal. Well, because of you, she's dating Baxter, and he's treating her like trash. Wait, I know Baxter. He got kicked off our school for getting into a fistfight with a teacher, and he loved bullying smaller kids. Yeah, and now he's hurting Amy. That sucks, but what can I do about it? Well, ask her to get back with you. What? But then Baxter will beat me up as revenge. Ugh, don't worry, you would deserve it anyway. Well, my brother wrote Amy a message saying, Hey, I know I made a mistake, but can we try again? Amy didn't respond, but must have told Baxter that my brother was trying to steal her away from him. Because the next day, he came to our school and made my brother get on his knees and apologize. It was so embarrassing, but no one likes to mess with Baxter. Afterward, I went to Amy saying, My brother won't stop crying. He knows that letting you go was the biggest mistake of his life. And in the end, Amy is just a girl who wants to be loved. She asked, You really think he loves me? And I responded, Yes, and more than you could ever imagine. Suddenly, Amy started crying and said, But I'm afraid of breaking up with Baxter. He will get really angry. Well, in the end, my dad offered her protection. He's a policeman and let Amy live with us for two months. When Baxter kept banging on our door and didn't go away, my dad arrested him and somehow found a weapon in his pants. I'm not sure if my dad framed him, but I don't care. I'm just happy Baxter is still serving his six-month prison sentence. Meanwhile, my brother and Amy dated for a few more weeks until she got sick of his bad hygiene and dumped him. I couldn't believe my eyes. A hidden camera! Right in my room! This couldn't be happening! Who installed it? And how did I not see it? Hi, my name's Susan, and you would never believe the story I'm about to tell you. I wouldn't believe it either, and to be honest, I still don't. I'll start by saying that ever since I was a kid, I've been considered weird. Yeah, my hobbies are not what you'd call ordinary. I used to watch videos about conspiracy theories. I believed in ghosts and the afterlife. I saw signs in everything. My friends and parents had gotten used to my peculiarities a long time ago. My mom and dad were more concerned that I was doing well in school and not hanging with shady people. My friends, on the other hand, appreciated my sense of humor and openness. And all was well until the night when I first noticed something strange. My friends and I were coming home from the movie theater, discussing the movie and making plans. Usually, we walk together to the same intersection, and then we go our separate ways home. We wished each other good night, exchanged jokes, and I turned onto my street. I was in a good mood. I walked past the houses and smiled to myself. But the smile disappeared from my face when I put my hand in my pocket to get my headphones. The pocket was empty. Oh, damn. I lost my headphones that my parents had given me for my birthday years ago. Maybe I dropped them on the way. <sighs> With a sigh, I headed back to the intersection, hoping that my headphones were still lying on the pavement somewhere. As I turned to the corner, however, I instantly forgot about losing them. 
My friends, who seemed to have gone home at the same time as I did, were standing at the same intersection where we said goodbye, arguing about something. I froze and opened my mouth to call out to my friends. Suddenly, Owen saw me. It's Susan, he yelled. The guy's faces changed and they started running away. I was still standing at the intersection, not really sure what was going on. I had no choice but to turn around and go home, giving up on my lost headphones. So, what was that all about? I asked this question in our shared chat room. What do you mean? Owen replied immediately. Don't make a fool out of me. I saw you at the intersection. You ran away as soon as you saw me. The chat was silent for about five minutes. I saw the guys were typing something, but they never sent it. I could bet that outside of the chat, they were discussing how to respond. You're making things up again, Susan. Finally wrote Tori. Did you watch your weird reptiloid videos all night again? The others responded with smiley faces. Oh, really? Of course, the best defense is offense. And actually, reptiloids do exist. I'll see how these geniuses laugh when the lizards take over the planet. I decided not to respond and tossed the phone aside. And these are my best friends. I watched the notifications from the shared chat pop on my phone all evening, but I didn't respond. Surely, they were making wisecracks about my imagination. But the strange things didn't stop there. In the morning on my way down to breakfast, I heard my parents talking, and I almost fell down the stairs. They clearly weren't ready for me to get up so early. What do we need to talk about? Dad asked. I never had time to read the message. I had a lot of work to do. John, you're being irresponsible about your role. Mom answered, We need to say that Anne Jacqueline is sick, and we need to visit her next week. That doesn't sound believable, to be honest. Well, what can I do? They told me to improvise, and I last acted in a school play about 20 years ago. What does it all mean? What kind of roles are they talking about? Meanwhile, my parents finished their strange conversation, and my mother shouted, Susan, breakfast is ready! I had to go downstairs and pretend I didn't hear anything. Of course, my appetite was out of the question. Thoughts swirled in my head, one more suspicious than the next. My friends obviously wanted to discuss something without me. This has never happened before. We always did everything together and had no secrets from each other. My parents were up to something too and made up some crazy story about Aunt Jacqueline. Just so you understand, my Aunt Jacqueline is a very rich and very unpleasant person. Even on her deathbed, she wouldn't want to have poor people like us hanging around her. So, the story my parents were going to tell me was a total fail. But that's not what surprised me. They said to improvise. Who's they? Ugh, all this weirdness is worthy of the Shane Dawson channel. I'd love to jump to a conclusion or two, but I had absolutely no clue as to what was going on. I wanted to keep a closer eye on my parents' behavior, and I decided not to communicate with my friends at all for now. I was so offended by what they said. I was so angry that they made me look like a freak. So I'll let them hang out without me until they admit what they did was wrong. And they can explain their bizarre behavior. Well, for the next few days, my parents didn't raise any suspicions, as if they knew I was watching them closely. We usually spent Friday nights together. We'd have a nice dinner, and then we'd sit in front of the TV 
and watch a movie. We have a rule in our family. We take turns choosing a movie. One week it was mom, next week it was dad, and the week after, it was my turn. If it wasn't for this rule, I would have only survived family movie nights for a couple of months. My parents would usually pick some old movie, and I would almost fall asleep in the middle of it. But when it was my turn, we always had a great time. Well, at least I did. This Friday, I was out of luck. My mother, as usual, chose some old sob story. But this time, I didn't manage to get any sleep. The movie was called The Truman Show, and it was about a man who one day discovers that his whole life was a reality show. There were cameras everywhere. Every event in his life was directed by a genius producer, and the people, even those closest to him, are just actors playing parts. I forgot how to breathe. The credits were rolling on the screen, and I still couldn't get my thoughts together. Susan, is everything okay? Mom put her hand on my shoulder. Yeah. I stared at her. They said to improvise. Mom's words played in my head like a broken record, and my friends discussing something behind my back and then pretending it didn't happen. This couldn't be happening. Of course I couldn't sleep that night. Rolling from side to side, I tried to calm down and prove to myself that there was no reality show featuring me. It was a ridiculous idea. I could write a book with my wild imagination. I decided to bring my teddy bear Barney to bed. When I was a kid, he always helped me fall asleep quickly. But at some point, I decided that sleeping with a teddy bear at my age was stupid. Since then, Barney had settled on the shelf above my desk. I haven't picked him up for such a long time, and I wish I hadn't. Once I looked at his cute face, I screamed and dropped the toy on the floor. No way! As I took Barney into my hands again and looked closely, I felt my insides freeze. A hidden camera. It was installed in the right eye of my teddy bear. Who installed it? And what was it filming? Is my whole life a scripted show? Like in that movie? My parents came running into the room. When my mom saw Barney in my arms, she gasped and stared at my dad. Why didn't you tell me the truth? I screamed. What do you mean? Dad looked at mom disapprovingly. Didn't you tell her everything? I should have, but I forgot. Susan, it's... You forgot? I threw the bear to the floor. Forgot to tell me that my whole life is a stupid reality show, and you're complete strangers to me. How could you forget that? Honey, Dad said softly, don't be so dramatic. What's he talking about? What do you mean dramatic? Now I knew what that strange remark from Mom meant. My parents suggested we talk about this in the morning over breakfast without getting too emotional. They took Barney and cautiously left the room, clearly afraid of making me more angry. I was in shock. What was I supposed to do now? Where to go if everything around me isn't real? I grabbed my phone and opened the group chat room. My friends, for days now, have been trying in vain to work things out with me by sending me funny stickers and asking how I was doing and how long I was going to stay mad. Stay mad? I know everything! Despite the late hour, my message was immediately read by everyone in the chat room. Barry was the first to respond. I knew it was a stupid idea. Well, you should have thought of something different, Monica replied. Susan, we're sorry we tricked you. We had no other choice. Owen added a crying smiley face. I started typing 
feeling tears well up in my eyes. What do you mean there was no other way out? My whole life is ruined. Now I don't know what's true and what's a lie. Who are my real friends and who are the actors who are paid to pretend to be my friends? Uh, Sue? You're obviously overreacting, Tori said. I felt like smashing the phone against the wall. Overreacting? My whole life is a freaking reality show, and I'm overacting? Susan, I don't really understand what you mean. Barry stepped in again. We just wanted to surprise you. I know those headphones were dare to you, but the ones we got you are mind-blowing. What other headphones? I was totally confused about what was going on. And then my friends, interrupting each other, began to tell me their vision of what was happening. As it turned out, they'd long noticed that my headphones were barely alive. Barry, Owen, Tori, and Monica decided to chip in and buy me the coolest new headphones. And to make sure I would use them, they decided to steal my old headphones. And that's what my friends did that day at the movie theater. I swear, Sue, you're gonna go crazy when you hear those basses, raved Owen. Wait a minute. You wrote that you knew everything. What did you mean by that? I didn't know what to answer, Tori. I didn't want to look any weirder than I was. Okay, this part of the story seemed pretty believable. But what the hell was up with the camera in my room? That's what my parents told me at breakfast. We installed hidden cameras a long time ago, Mom explained. There's more than one in the house, one per room. But don't worry, we only turn them on when the whole family goes on vacation. I should have told you about it, but I forgot. I got carried away. Actually, it's strange that you've only noticed them now, dear. Daddy frowned. How do you clean your room? Again, the best defense is a good offense. But what about the one sentence that scarred me so much? Our friends invited us to a spa hotel next week. To relax, to have fun, Mom said. We were embarrassed that we weren't taking you with us, and we didn't want you to think we were tired of you. To be honest, I still didn't fully believe their explanations. Too many coincidences, don't you think? Or maybe I am living in a reality show. But then, how do I know for sure? Please, share your opinion in the comments. And if you like my story, subscribe to our channel and like this video. Hi everyone, my name is Caroline, and I was homeless until the moment when billionaires took me to live in their luxurious mansion. Wondering how that happened? Stay tuned! One cold fall evening, I was trying to find money for food. Well, or just food, I didn't care. Ask me how it happened that I became homeless? Well, my parents died a couple of years ago, and I couldn't live in an orphanage because the local kids abused me. At one point, I ran away figuring the streets would be easier for me. That night, I couldn't find a cent on the street and had already resigned myself to starving. Suddenly, I saw a well-dressed woman on her way to the supermarket. I immediately ran up to her and tried to steal her purse. Believe me, it wasn't my first robbery. The street dictates its own rules. However, at that very minute, some guy was right next to us. He pushed me away. Get lost, tramp, or you'll be in trouble. He threatened me with his fist. I didn't want to confront him and ran away. Well, now I had no food and money. But the next day, I had a surprise. The woman I was trying to steal from found me outside the supermarket, handed me a full bag of food and a warm jacket. Thank you, but why? 
You're too good to me. I tried to rob you. I had tears of gratitude in my eyes. I know you had to do it because of the way you live. She smiled. What's your name? Caroline. And why are you on the streets at such a young age? I told her the story of my life. The woman wept and promised to help me. I expected her to give me some more warm clothes and a sleeping bag and lots of food. But what happened next didn't just shock me. It killed me. In a good way, don't worry. A woman arrived in a luxury car with her husband. At this time, I was eating a baguette, trying to stretch it out into the evening. Well, that's it, Caroline. You're coming to live with us now, said my savior and smiled. Wh- what? I was so shocked. I choked on a piece of baguette. A girl like you shouldn't be living on the streets. We want to adopt you. Is that what you want too? She asked. Of course I said yes. And who wouldn't refuse in my place? On the way, I was modestly silent and terribly worried. And when we arrived, I was speechless. Now I'm going to live in a luxurious mansion, like a real castle. I was incredibly happy until I saw the guy defending my new mom. Oh, I forgot all about him. I bet he wouldn't be happy to have me in his house. Who the hell is she? He frowned at me as we got out of the car. Nick, this is your new sister, Caroline. We've decided to adopt her. Are you out of your mind? She's the tramp who tried to rob you, mom. Nick, I get it, but it's my decision and your father's. We always wanted a second child, but you know yourself that we can't have any more. So get a normal kid from an orphanage. Nick, Caroline lives here now. Accept it, said the father sternly. Nick immediately calmed down. His father seemed to be an authority he didn't risk arguing with. The boy muttered something to himself and went into the house, slamming the door loudly. Mr. and Mrs. Gilbert showed me my room, which I was absolutely delighted with. A huge bed, my own walk-in closet, lots of new and beautiful things, and a private bathroom. It's like heaven. I couldn't even dream of that. I immediately fell on my bed and cried with happiness. Now I had a home and a family. I'm not alone. But I was having trouble with Nick. I tried to get through to him, but the guy was stubbornly ignoring me. But what pissed Nick off the most was that his best friend had found common ground with me. Brian was a nice young man. He treated me like a regular girl, even though he knew I was from the streets. He helped me study. When my parents hired teachers to homeschool me, he talked to me, and even taught me how to play PlayStation. And then one day, I overheard an unpleasant conversation. How can you socialize with that tramp? Nick asked angrily. She's normal. It's your sister. She's not my sister. She's the trash of society. I felt so hurt by those words. I couldn't hold back my tears. I went down to the living room and stared at a picture on the wall for a long time. I really liked the painting. I couldn't help myself, so I went and touched it. If you touch it again, you're out of the house. Nick threatened me when he came in. What? If I find you stole something or invited your tramp friends over, I'm not gonna be nice to you. I'll throw you all out. I don't want to steal anything. For the first time, I decided to stand up for myself. I'm not what you think I am, and you'd know that if you weren't such a jerk. We would have kept fighting, but my parents came back. They gave me an expensive phone with a bunch of diamonds on it. 
Nick just snorted and went back to his room. And I was as happy as a baby. The next day, I decided to take a little walk. It was a beautiful day. I was listening to music on my phone when suddenly I was stopped by some vagrants with whom I used to feud. The thing is, I've always been on my own and a lot of people didn't like it. Seeing me in my new clothes and with a cool new phone like this, the tramps just jumped on me without a word, stealing all my money, phone, and even my new jacket. They did me bad and I sat down on the pavement and cried. How bad I felt. But then help came from somewhere I didn't expect. Nick was there. He helped me up and asked me what happened to me. When he heard about the tramps, he called his friends to deal with my abusers. Honestly, my heart almost stopped when Nick and his friends fought the vagrants. The guys took my stuff back and we ran from the cops, laughing for some reason. Nick, thank you so much. I hugged him. You're the best brother ever. The guy blushed and didn't say anything back, but I wasn't offended because his actions were more eloquent than words. When we got home, mom was shocked to see a battered Nick. He brushed it off and said it was okay. My father, on the other hand, was not happy about it. The thing is, my adoptive parents are billionaires and reputation is very important to them. They were afraid of any scandal, so they raised Nick in a strict manner to keep him out of trouble. Nick got very angry when his father told him off, so I decided to console my brother. As it turned out, it pissed Nick off that he lived in a rich family in the first place. You see, money is a weapon to reach some goals, but it's not about happiness. My dad wants me to carry on his business, and I want to be a doctor, and we fight about it all the time. I even felt sorry for Nick, even though I didn't understand him. He had everything since he was a kid, but he doesn't appreciate it because it's not money that matters to him. It's the dream. If he lived in the street, he'd start appreciating everything he has. But then I realized what Nick meant. My father had arranged a business meeting at home with his partners, ordering Nick to attend. I could see that Nick wasn't interested at all. He even got hung up on the phone a few times, for which he received a stern reprimand from father. My father, very cleverly, without descending to insults, humiliated Nick. I felt really bad for my brother. So, I stood up for him. Dad smiled at me and said that I didn't understand anything and that he knew better how to make his son happy and more importantly, rich. Nick was touched that I stood up for him and for the first time, he called me sister and hugged me. Thank you, no one ever stood up for me, he said. I believe in you, Nick. Don't give up, follow your dreams to the end. But I didn't think my words would have that effect on him. The thing is, that night, Nick ran away from home. He left a note in the living room, saying he'd rather be lonely and poor, but happy and free. My parents immediately pulled all the strings to find my brother, and my heart froze with fear. What if something happened to him? Then it would be all my fault. I was the one who encouraged him to follow his dream. Idiot! My parents couldn't sit still, so they went looking for Nick too. It didn't take us long to find my brother. He was surrounded by a gang of vagrants who wanted to get back at Nick for the last incident. They wanted to attack him in a group. We jumped out of the car right away, scared off all the vagrants and took Nick away. Son, that's not manly. You ran away like a coward. I ran away because I'm sick of you. I don't want to go into business. My goal is to help people and heal them. 
This argument went on all the way. At one point, Dad got so nervous, he lost control of the car. We hit a pole. Nick hit his head hard on the dashboard. My mom and I got scared. Dad seemed fine. My brother lost consciousness, and Mom immediately dialed 911. What kind of misfortune is following us? Luckily, Nick wasn't seriously injured, but we were so scared for him. We cried in the room while they bandaged his head. I'm fine. Don't worry. He smiled at us. It must have had some effect on my father, and he mellowed. Nick, after all, was allowed to study to be a doctor. He was no longer bogged down with business meetings, which my brother hated so much. But there was another problem. You haven't forgotten about Nick's best friend Brian, have you? Well, he confessed his feelings to me. I was speechless. I didn't see Brian as a boyfriend. He was a friend to me. Nick, on the other hand, was very concerned. He was against us dating. But why? Brian asked. She's my sister and you're my best friend. This is a bad idea. It wasn't so long ago that you didn't think of her as your sister. A lot has changed, Brian. I'm against it. I don't want her to be in a relationship right now and then suffer through a breakup or a fight. Caroline needs to study. Brian didn't like that. Then I had to get into a dialogue and explain to the guy that I wasn't interested in relationships yet. Brian got upset but didn't insist on anything. Eventually, I got used to the luxurious life and Nick became not just my brother but my best friend with whom I could talk to about anything. I'm glad this family came into my life. It's because of them that everything has changed for the better. Would you like to live in a billionaire family? Write your answers in the comments. I'd be interested to read them. Also, don't forget to share the video with your friends. Bye! It just can't be. My life has never been so similar to a bad Mexican soap opera. Is it a coincidence? I hopefully looked at my parents. No, Goldie, it's not a coincidence. He shared his blood with you. Oh no, I wish I was dead. Hi, my name is Goldie, and I just recently found out that my worst enemy saved my life. I have no one to blame for that accident except myself. What a stupid idea it was to ride a scooter when you have no idea how to operate it. But I lost my mind when I saw this beautiful thing of mine in the parking lot of the school, or rather two of my beauties, a brand new scooter and my boyfriend Duke. I have been dreaming of having an iron horse for years, and now Duke got me one for my birthday. I quickly jumped on it. My hands were on the rough black handles, and I almost screamed with happiness. I'll show you how to ride it. Duke promised, smiling happily, but I couldn't wait. I want to start it up. My boyfriend turned the ignition key, gripped the brake handle, and pressed the start button. The scooter's engine rumbled and it sounded like the most beautiful music in the world to me. Duke put his arm around my waist. I'll teach you how to ride it and we'll go for a spin. Why wait? I clutched the handle of the scooter with all my might and cranked it toward me. The iron horse took off at a speed far greater than I expected. After all, my boyfriend didn't skimp on the gift and chose the best and most powerful thing for his girlfriend. Goldie, look out! It was the last thing I heard before I flew out onto the road right under the wheels of a speeding car. That was how I ended up in a hospital bed. I was unlucky in one respect. 
I was not wearing any protection at all at the time of the accident, but I was lucky that the paramedics came fairly quickly. I lost a lot of blood, but my brain was intact, there were no broken bones, and I felt pretty good now, until I found out who helped me stay alive. After the accident, I urgently needed a blood transfusion. And once again, I was lucky. A suitable donor was found within hours after the information about the accident and the request for help had spread around the school. However, my parents and Duke shared the name of the donor with a rare blood type with faces that would have been more appropriate at a funeral. Here, my boyfriend handed me some papers. I ran my eyes over them and tripped over the most hated name in the universe. Sean Glams. It sounded like a verdict. My parents confirmed it wasn't a mistake or a coincidence. My worst enemy showed up at the hospital when he found out I needed blood and became a donor. Did you see him? I turned to Duke. He nodded. Yes, we ran into each other in the hallway. And? Was he gloating? You'd be surprised, but no. Jerk Sean was acting all sorrowful. Jerk Sean. That was the nickname by which all my family and friends knew Sean Glams. My war with Sean had been going on for exactly five years, ever since I transferred to a new school. And in those five years, the guy had proven himself to be a real jerk. He didn't like me right away. I got my ass kicked by that idiot as soon as I stepped into the building. At first, my parents laughed at Glam's antics, calling them odd signs of affection. But as time went on, the longer I went to Redwood High School, the less we joked about it. Jerk Sean used to bully me using the most elaborate means possible. He was irritated by my grades, my accomplishments in drama club, the car my dad drove me to school in, the friends I met on my first date, the handsome boyfriend who treated me so well. It was like Sean was angry that I existed. My parents tried to talk to Sean himself, to his parents, to the principal, but to no avail. The straight-A student and the face of the school was untouchable. The face! I would have called him something else. Why did he do it? I still couldn't figure it out. Goldie, what surprises you? Even an idiot like that can't walk past someone else's pain. That's right. Mom smiled. I bet he realized he wasn't being fair to you. Duke and I looked at each other, thinking the same thing. Sean Glams came to his senses? Nonsense! Anyway, I gradually recovered, and within a few weeks, I was able to return to normal life. The class greeted me with applause. Yeah, congratulations to this arrogant fool for not ending her epic ride right in heaven. I was still angry at myself for my carelessness, but there was something else that was bugging me. I had to meet Sean and talk to him. I found my greatest enemy by the fountain in the schoolyard. He was flipping through his book, and when he saw me, he tried to duck out of it. Stop right there! We never really liked each other, but this time, my tone was so firm that he didn't argue, so he stayed where he was, looking down. I looked around, making sure no one could hear us, and asked, Why did you do that? What do you want? The guy looked at me with his angry eyes. I saw the paperwork. Why did you become a blood donor? You hate me, don't you? Sean was quiet for a minute, and then he blurted out, Don't be ridiculous. Do you think our fights are more important than a human's life? It just so happens that we have the same rare blood type. Those were the last words I was prepared to hear from this angry, jealous guy. 
too bad he didn't think my ruined nerve cells were more important than our fights. Anyway, he did help me. As you can understand from the incident, I have always been a very emotional person. I was in that moment too, as I hugged a stunned Sean and whispered in his ear, Thank you so much, I owe you one. The boy wasn't lost for long. Quickly, he broke free of my embrace and left. But I don't forget a good deed that easily. I needed to do something sincere and big for my savior, like a thank you. And I had already thought of what it would be, but I'll tell you about it a little later because the story of the accident was getting more and more detailed. I still had to see the doctor once a week. Dr. Whiteman questioned me in detail about my well-being and studied the results of my tests. I felt fine. Only occasionally I complained about headaches. Everything is within normal limits. The doctor reassured me. The headaches will pass soon. The main thing is that the sensitive young man didn't hesitate to share his rare blood. Sensitive? I frowned. The nurse told me that he was not himself when he came to the hospital. Eyes frantic, handshaking, almost crying. Is he a close friend of yours? Closer than I thought, I muttered to myself. I couldn't even believe it. Was Sean really that worried about my life? What else could explain his strange behavior on the day he came to donate blood? After the hospital, I went to Duke's garage. My boyfriend liked to spend his time there, endlessly fiddling with his iron friends, his car, and motorcycle. It doesn't make sense. He shrugged when I repeated the doctor's words. Maybe Jerk Sean was upset about having to find a new victim. We laughed, but somehow sadly. Maybe he's not such a jerk? I said thoughtfully. Yeah, and I'm a distant relative of Barack Obama. We laughed again. That would have been nice. I hugged him and nodded at my scooter, which Duke was slowly restoring. How's it going? Pretty good. Almost no damage, just a bit of a problem with the brakes, but I'll fix that. We could joke all we wanted, but the fact remained that Sean had shown himself in a very different way this time, and I probably shouldn't call him a jerk anymore. After all, I wouldn't be able to hug my boyfriend and see my parents anymore without that jerk. So here was my plan. The first thing I did was go to the reporters of our school's YouTube channel. They of course were aware of my story and were happy to help. We filmed a short video that I was planning to show to the whole school at the year-end event. As always, on the last day of school, the entire Redwood school staff gathered in a huge auditorium to congratulate and award the very best students. Of course, no one could compete with Sean Glam's accomplishments. A straight-A student who created four terrific projects this year, the best in the city and the state, Sean took the stage to loud ovations. The principal shook the guy's hand. But I'd like to name one more, Mr. Glam's most important accomplishment this year. The principal nodded. The lights in the auditorium went out, and the video we shot with the reporters appeared on the huge screen. In my mini-interview, I talked about the complicated relationship that Sean and I had. Major enemies, pure hatred with no chance of a truce. But life decided to make adjustments. Who would have thought that one day I would be able to thank Sean so sincerely, to thank him for anything at all? The video projection of me wiped away her tears and smiled but I'm so grateful to him for saving my life. Thank you, Sean. The video ended and the auditorium literally exploded with applause and enthusiastic shouts. Students and teachers chanted, thank you, Sean, while he stood in the middle of the stage, white as a ghost. His eyes wandered from one face in the crowd to the next. Then he turned to the principal as if seeking protection. 
And then he turned to me. I was sitting in the front row. Stop it. I read my savior's lips. Stop it. Come on, young man. The principal patted him on the shoulder encouragingly. You deserve it. Thank you, Sean. The crowd kept chanting. No. I thought Glams was going to cry. I felt uncomfortable. No, no. The cry of the best student silenced several hundred voices in an instant. We all stared at Sean, unsure of what had frightened him. I didn't save Goldie. That's not what happened. Stop it. You don't know anything. The guy stormed out and ran for the exit. He ran past me with a twisted look on his face. There was silence in the hall for a few seconds. I jumped up from my seat, nodded at the distraught principal, and went looking for Sean. I found my savior by the same fountain where we first met after my return from the hospital. Sean was sobbing so desperately that he didn't even notice me approaching. And when he did, he took a step to the side. Go away! I can't live with this anymore! With what, Sean? I don't understand. It's my fault! The guy sobbed again. The accident happened because of me! I felt like I was hit on the head with a dust bag as if the meaning of his words was making its way to me through a dense fog. I saw your stupid boyfriend bringing the scooter into the parking lot. He went off to look for you, and it was like I had lost my mind. I stood there staring at that damn scooter for ages, and then I went over and broke the brake lever. By the time I realized what I'd done, it was too late. But the accident wasn't because of a faulty brake. It was because I wasn't watching where I was going. I wasn't even thinking about slowing down. Of course Sean was a monster, but he has already shown remorse for what he did, and I owe him my life. Do you think I should tell Sean what really happened, or should he continue to suffer from remorse? Leave your opinion in the comments, your support is very important to me.